Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Genesis 12. We could finish now and go home happy, couldn't we? You give me 26 minutes and 41 seconds? You don't have a choice, do you? Genesis 12, I want to look at it again because I want to give us, it's so simple, but it's so powerful because what we're talking about in the blessings of God, and I know I keep saying it, but I want you to understand it, that you are already blessed. So what I'm talking about now is not steps in how to receive the blessing. This is how to walk the blessing out that is already on your life. Because the issue is not us trying to get the blessing. We talk that in the language a lot. I even catch myself saying, getting blessed, what it means to get blessed. It's not about what I get, it's about who I am. It's not about what I have, it's about what's already on me. But there are some principles and some keys in Scripture that if we follow them, we will walk out this blessing that is upon our life. We will not just just declare that I'm blessed, but we will see what we have declared outworked in our life. How many would like to see that a little bit more? Come on, it's all good and great to say I'm blessed. But the truth is we are going through situations that perhaps say differently. And I wanna show you the keys are in this verse as well. This is just the, this is just the Word of God. Genesis 12 and verse one. Let's look at this again. And it's in the start here. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out, say get out. Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. God then after this starts to talk to Abraham or Abram about the blessing that God is gonna pour out upon his life. But first, He's saying to Abram, but we need to understand that this is old covenant. So he has, according to Galatians 3, he has already done this. But he's saying to Abram, in order for you to walk out these blessings that are upon your life, this is what I need you to do. I need you to get out. There was instructions that Abram had to follow in order to walk in the blessing. And even in the new covenant for us here today, there are instructions through the Word of God that we have to walk out in order to see the blessing of God outworked in our life. Does that make sense? Just nod at me even if it doesn't. You've got to understand that the blessing of God is upon you, but it's outworked through. The first thing is our obedience. Our obedience. Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1, David says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat, of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Blessed is the man. Notice the first thing 
the instructions that David gives us in order for us to walk blessed and live a blessed life is it's not that he gives us something to do, but he gives us something not to do. Sometimes the things you say no to unlock the greatest blessings in your life. He says this, Blessed is the man who walks not. The level of blessing that I operate in is determined often by what I'm prepared to walk away from. There are people that if you wanna live a blessed life, you're already blessed. If you wanna live that blessed life, there are people that cannot go with you down that road that you have gotta make that decision. If I wanna walk blessed, you can't go with me. There are, there are blessings that we start to walk out in our life. Not We'll get to what we do, but sometimes it's what we choose not to do. Again, understand it's not about earning the blessing. The blessing's already on you. But if you wanna walk it out, it's through those little decisions. When you say, you know what? I'm not gonna do that. Young people, it's those little decisions that you make in your high school years and in your college years when it's hard, when everybody else is living a certain way and you feel like it's difficult and you feel like it's crazy and your friends are getting crazy and you're making that decision that you wanna do what is right by the Word of God. What you are doing is you are unlocking the blessing of God that's upon your life, not by what you're doing, but by what you are not doing. We say, God, bless my marriage. Your marriage would be blessed if you didn't sleep together before you got married. It's just the Word of God. I know I'm breaking hearts, but it's just the Word of God. It's become not popular because we say, well, it's not gonna matter because we're gonna get married anyway. Garbage. That's after you make a covenant. If He's not prepared to marry you, don't waste your time. I'm sad because you know what? I'm sick of having people come and say, listen, will you talk? We need to talk about our marriage. Before we start talking about marriage, let's talk about what happened before you got married and wonder why there's an open door to the enemy to come into your marriage because you made an agreement that was out of order before the covenant happened. And now you're wondering why the enemy's on your turf. He's there because you led him there by stepping out of line with what the Word of God says. You could go home right now and your life would be changed. It's simple, listen. It's, it's just basic. It's basic. There's a blessing. There's a blessing. Listen, you, you, won't, you won't even have to pray for your marriage. It'll just be blessed. There's principles within the Word of God based on not just what you make a decision to do, but what you decide not to do. Blessed, he says, blessed is the man who walks not. So what does this mean? Because I know people, we, we look at something like this and we think, well, what does that mean? Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the past of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Aren't we meant to save these people, Ben? Aren't we meant to reach out? Aren't we meant to be around lost people? It's true, we are. But if you look at these words and what these words actually are talking about, 
Blessed is the man who walks. That, that interpretation for the word works, walks is, it, t- it talks about a manner of life. Yeah. It's not just hanging out with. You can still kick it with your unsafe friends and make a difference. Just make sure that you're influencing them and they're not influencing you. That's all it is. But don't get caught up in that word walk. Don't get caught up in the manner of life. In the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand. The interpretation for the word stand is attitude. Don't get caught up in the manner of life. And don't get caught up in the same attitude. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're around them, but we don't think like them. We don't have the same attitude. Nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits. The word sits, it means to dwell or to abide in the seat of the scornful. So it's not just what we do do, but it's what we don't do that unlocks the blessings of God in our life. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego got extreme favour, not because of what they did, but because of what they said they would not do. Everybody else was bowing down. And you read the story, everybody else was bowing down. Everybody else was operating in a certain manner and a certain way. But what positioned them with favour was not what they did, but what they did not do. You set, it up, you set yourself up for blessing. In the gym, they say like this, they say abs are made in the kitchen. <laughs> Not just what you do in the gym will give you abs like Pastor Javon, <laughs> but it's what you don't do at McDonald's. <laughs> Come on, I'm preaching. See, people think, that as long as I go to the gym and pump weight, I can eat whatever I want to. They say 80% of it is diet. It's not just what you are doing, but it's what you're not doing. Are you with me? It's unlocking the blessings in our life. I wrote this down because this is so true for us. Talking about people as we, there are certain people there are people around you and often it's people that are close to you. Often it's even perhaps even church people that struggle when you start walking blessed. That struggle when you start to live blessed. There's two things that will surface in people around you when you start living a blessed life. And the first thing that will come to the surface very quickly is insecurity. Insecurity. You watch, if you got, how do you know whether you, the Bible says bad company corrupts good character. How do you know when you're around bad company, when you start getting living blessed and those around you start getting insecure about the blessing that you're walking in, you know you're in bad company. Because insecurity, listen to me, insecurity is rooted in fear. The story of David and Saul. First Samuel Chapter 16, you read about the favour that, that David had with Saul. David and Saul are kicking it. David's playing the harp. Saul loves it. They're getting along well. He's got favour. Everything's good. But then as you follow the story and you read the story in 1 Samuel 18 and, and verse 6, you know the story that when they went out to battle and David comes back from battle, David's starting to operate in the favour of God. 
and the people are singing and David's slaying this and Saul is slaying that and, and they're singing the song and they're saying the great things and Saul can hear them singing these great things about what David has done. David starts to operate in the blessing. David starts to see the blessing and the favour of God come about in his life. And the moment Saul hears it, Saul turns on David. Why? Because Saul's insecurity. And if you in fact read the story in 1 Samuel 18, I think it is, when Saul hears it, he says, they're saying this of him now. What happens if he takes the whole kingdom? Because insecurity is always rooted in fear. It's fear of, well, what about me? Insecurity. She found a husband. What if I never do? Insecurity. He's got the money. He's got the nice car. What if I never get a nice car? She got the promotion. What if I staying in, I'm staying in this position for the rest of my life? See how insecurity is rooted in fear. So it's recognising. The other thing around people that can be around us is false humility will surface. False humility. It'll sound like this when it comes to blessing. And this is something we've got to be real careful of as people because I think we can really go down this road quickly as Christians. False humility will sound like this. I just don't want to live too blessed. I just don't want to, you know... I don't want too much. You know, I'm just, I'm just humble. Whenever someone has to tell you that they're humble, I had, this, I had a guy, no word of a lie, I had a guy tell me this once. We're talking and he looks at me dead serious and he said, you know what, Pastor Ben? I'm probably the most humble man you'll ever meet. I thought, did you just hear what you said? False humility. I don't want too much. I better not, I better not, I better not believe for too much blessing. Notice that every one of those statements starts with the same letter, I. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. It's false Humility. This is what the blessed person needs to be saying. This is what the language needs to sound like. He gave me this promotion. Praise God. He poured out overflow into my lap. Praise God. He positioned me with favour. Can you believe? Look at what God has done. He did this. For my kids, notice every single statement starts with the one word, He. We've got to make this decision to say, you know what? I am going to walk out this blessed life and I'm not going to feel bad for it. I don't have to try and have a false humility about it. I'm humble every single time. I continue to give God the praise and give God the glory for all the blessing that He's pouring out onto my life. It's obedience, it's being obedient to the Word of God. Are you still with me? I talked about it this morning a little bit, but this is a powerful principle that 
I want us to understand, and, and in the story, we can't go there for sake of time, but in the story of the Israelites coming out, there was the manna. We know the story of the Israelites coming out and the manna from heaven that God provided. It's in Exodus that they're coming out and they had no food. The Bible says that they were in, in a desert and they cried out to God and they said, God, we need food. And they cried out to God for food. And the Bible says that God provided food for them from heaven. It was miracle food supernaturally provided for them from heaven. It was a miracle. But we have to understand the Bible actually says that He did this for them. And you can read it in Exodus. He did this for them to test them to see if they would follow His law. Because he said, I'm not gonna give you more manna than you need for each day. I'm gonna provide the manna and I want you, I'm just testing to see if you will follow my instructions. And it says that they went out and we know the story that they got the manna. But if you follow the story of the Israelites, there is a big difference between the manna that was a miracle provided for them and the blessing that was awaiting them in the promised land. There was a big difference between the bread that came from heaven for them, that was a miracle, that was God, and the blessing that God had waiting for them in the promised land. I wanna encourage you that God has called you to live a life that is blessed. That a life where you have taken ground and taken territory that is blessed so much so that you no longer require the miracle manner that He provided in the past. And this is a big thing for us to wrap our head around because we talk so much about miracles. And miracles, we are a church that believes in miracles. We believe that He is a miracle working God. He worked miracles in the Bible. He, walk, he, worked, he wants to work miracles today. We believe in it. But I do believe that there is a greater level of blessing for us beyond the level of miracles. Because understand this, if we are just living from miracle to miracle, we are actually living from crisis to crisis. Why do you need a miracle? See, a miracle is in reaction to what the devil has done. The devil hit my physical body. I need a miracle and God will do it and He can do it and I believe for it. A miracle, uh, the enemy attacked my finances. The enemy's taken money from my finances. I'm in lack, it's not of God, it's of the enemy. I need a miracle. See how a miracle is always in reaction to the devil, but a blessing is in response to the cross. And I believe that God wants to take us from miracles to blessing, let me ask you this. Somebody could come up to you and someone could say, listen, man, God spoke to me. I wanna buy you a new car. Come on, praise Jesus. I'd be like, what sort of car did He tell you to buy me? Let's go right now. We would be, listen, if that happened, we would be in church the next day, giving God praise, telling everybody, and listen, it would be a praise report. 
it would be a miracle and it would be God and it would be powerful. But let me ask you this. Would you rather have someone come up to you and say, I wanna buy you a car? Or would you rather be so blessed that you can walk down to the dealership yourself and pick up a friend on the way and say, come with me, I'm gonna buy myself a car and you one as well. That's the difference between the miracle life and the blessed life. Which one do you want? I'd rather be blessed. Tell someone, I'd rather be blessed. You can ask God. See, it's a shit, it's a different level. And I believe God wants to take us. Too often we're coming to church every day and we're coming in on a Sunday saying, God, I need the manna. I need the manna. I need the manna. Week to week, we're living miracle to miracle. Limited in what we walk in. Because if you live in miracle to miracle, it's need to need. It's not the blessed life. It's not the life that I believe Jesus hung on a cross so that we could have. He hung on a cross for us so that we could have life and life to the full. Full. Not scrounging. Each way, I need a miracle here. I need a miracle. No, no, no. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. That's the miracle. The miracle is that I'm blessed. The miracle is that the blessing is upon me and I'm walking in the blessings of God. What would you rather? Would you rather have a miracle where God supernaturally touches your physical body or would you rather be blessed with health? See, the blessing, the the miracle is reactionary. But the blessing is preventative. The blessing is what doesn't even allow the enemy to get to your body in the first place because your health is so blessed. What God has blessed, let no man curse. The enemy cannot touch you because you're already blessed. Are you hearing me? It's knowing what it is to live in the blessing. A miracle is also for the most part, temporary. But a blessing is a lifetime. Joshua saw the sun stand still, but it was temporary. Peter walked on water, a miracle, but it was temporary. When we understand the blessing, we go from glory to glory. It's a lifetime where I am blessed. want to declare it tonight over each and every one of us. It's time for us to move. And I felt this, you know, in my heart as, 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 we're, as I was praying over this message, that there is a shift. And I understand that this is, this is it's a big shift for us. But we get it. Uh, we get up here and we say, saying to the earlier service, and we say, who wants a miracle? And we all shout, because who doesn't? It's like the dumbest question we could ask people. <laughs> but I think we love asking it because we know we'll get a shout. Who, do, who doesn't need a miracle? What are you kidding me? I don't think there's a person in this room that doesn't need a miracle in some area of their life. But understand the manna was, again, I remind you, he said, I, I told them about the manna, it was to test them. 
whether they would follow my laws. There is so much blessing for us if we would follow the Word of God. If you even just wanna talk about our finances, See, it's much easier for us to believe for a miracle in our finances than us to just make a decision to be faithful with the little and budget. But it's a biblical principle. And we miss the blessing because it may be, seem easier for us to just say, God, just touch me. I wanna win something. Just touch me. I wanna check in the mail. And He can do that. And I believe God wants to do that at times. But I do believe that there's something greater for us if we would make a decision to live according to the Word of God. The Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. I mean, I know it hurts. But what does the blessed life look like? I mean, you've got to do something, bro. Don't just show up to every single prayer meeting saying, God bless me, God bless me, go to work. Watch, listen, let me tell you something. You watch, it'll be supernatural. You'll go to work and guess what? 14 days later, money, I promise you, from heaven, is going to show up in your account and you can come back to the prayer meeting and tell us all about it. I mean, I know it's practical and simple, but sometimes we just don't get it. It's knowing what it is to live blessed. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. The hand of the diligent shall rule these us instructions from the Word of God that set us up for a blessed life. Relationships, family. Bible says that where there is unity, where there is unity, listen to these words and I'm gonna finish. Where there is unity, he says, I will command. That, that, if you look at that word, that's a forceful. That's yeah. I will command a blessing. You're praying for a miracle in your family that God will command if you would just be unified. Yeah. Now there's disunity in the family and there's bickering and there's attacks at each other and horrible talk and couples not on the same page and at each other. And then you come into church on Sunday and say, God, we need a miracle in our family. And can God do it? Yep, He can. Will He? Maybe it's up to Him. I don't know. Maybe He will. I've seen Him do it before. But even if He does, I want to encourage you. There's something greater that God has for you. It's not just a miracle. It's blessing upon your home through being unified. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. Obedience through the Word of God. Our thought life, we pray. I pray with lots of people about thinking. Give me peace in my mind. Isaiah 26 and verse three. You will keep him. This is speaking of God. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. You want God to bless your mind? Keep your mind focused upon him. Young people, don't just listen to any garbage music that's on the radio then wonder why you're getting tormented at night. 
with lustful thoughts and demonic stuff in your mind and in your thinking. You're the one that opened the door to the enemy in the first place because your mind was not stayed upon the things of God. I don't know where this has come into the church where we've all of a sudden thought that it's okay now for us to listen to people who are gifted. Yes, they're artists. Yes, they're talented. But if they are singing about the very things that nailed Jesus to the cross, I refuse to be entertained by it and I refuse to allow it to come into my heart, to come into my thinking or to come into my house. No siree, not in my house, not today, not tomorrow, not ever. Why? Because I want my mind to be blessed. We, we, people say, look, they're so gifted. They're so gifted. So was Hitler, great leader. Great leader turned a whole nation to follow him. Phenomenal leader. Just because somebody, the Bible says the gifts of God are without repentance, just because someone's gifted doesn't mean I'm going to follow that dude and do what he does. We've got to have standards. We've got to have guidelines. And when you do this, you will be blessed. That's the Word of God. Blessed. I'm halfway, but I'm going to finish. Obedience and and and. And we've got to believe it. You've got to actually believe in the blessing that's upon your life. You've got to actually believe it. Story of Abraham, because we shared that scripture about Abraham, that God said to Abraham, you're blessed. Abraham believed the blessing so much that was upon his life that when God blessed them, him and Lot, the story says in Abraham that, that Abraham and Lot had so many cattle and so many herdsmen that the herdsmen were actually at each other because there's too, many, too much cattle for the land. And Abraham talked to Lot. In Genesis uh, 13 and verse, verse 8, 8 through to about 17, and, and he talks to Lot. And he says to Lot, stand here and I want you to look. And on one side... There's a land where the Bible says it's plentiful. A land that has grass, a land that's flowing, a land that's rich. And on the other side, there's desert. Abram says to Lot, which one do you want? And Lot's not stupid. You know, he's like, well, I mean, hey, if you're asking me, Lot says, I'm going to take the good land. And Abram says, cool, go for it. Because he didn't have to worry about what was coming his way or what wasn't because he so believed in the blessing upon his life, he was able to pour out onto somebody else. He said, do what you want to do. Take, take whatever land you want to take because I'm blessed. See, I wish we would believe in the blessing more than we believe in what other people say about us. Because I think we allow what other people say about us to rob the blessing that's upon our life and stop us from walking in it because we're so busy trying to please everybody else and keep it all together ourselves. We actually are, are so fearful we're not going to walk in the blessing that God has for us. You're blessed. We've we, we got to believe it. We've got to believe it. What I believe, I empower. What I believe, I empower. So when the enemy says, you're not blessed, what's this Australian dude talking about? Look at your bank account. 
If you believe that, you've just empowered that in your life. But if you believe the Word of God that says you are blessed, you have just empowered the blessing that's upon your life. You have just activated the blessing through your faith. I'm gonna finish with this uh, picture because I think these pictures sometimes help us. But when, uh, when I've talked before about my wife and her addiction to online shopping, pray for me. <laughs> but what will happen is FedEx sometimes will make a delivery to our house. And um, if, if we're not home, sometimes what they'll do is they'll, they'll put a little sticky note, you know what I'm talking about, on your door. This little sticker that says, you know, FedEx was here on this date and you take that sticker. The sticker is not the package. The sticker is the evidence that the package exists. And you take that sticker and you take it to FedEx and you exchange the sticker for the package. That little sticker is actually valuable. Not in itself, it's just a sticker. But it's what the sticker represents. So if I get a little FedEx sticker off the door, my wife will, sometimes I'll get, you know, one and then there'll be another one. And, and you know, I'll, I'll make like a little pile on the desk. <laughs> Give you some insight into how our house works. My wife will be like, where's all the stickers? I'm like, I mean, I don't know, like somewhere like there. like Because she knows that they're not just stickers. That attached to the sticker is a package on the other side. That my fear is for us as Christians is I think we put more faith in a FedEx sticker than we do in a risen Saviour. That if we understood that these are not just words, that this Word of God is not just a little piece of paper with just some writing, that I can take this thing to heaven's gates itself and say, I need my package of a blessed life and say, I'm here to take it. I'm here to walk in it. I pulled it off the door today. It's a promise for my life. Where's my blessing? I know you've earned it. I know you paid for it. And now it's time for me to walk in it. It's not the package, it's the evidence. Because what does Hebrews tell us? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. What does God want for you? is that you would live blessed. That your life, you would know what it is for your family to be blessed. Can God do a miracle in your family? Absolutely. And please don't hear something that I'm not saying. The miracles of God are powerful, but they're for emergencies, not lifestyles. We are not called to live miracle to miracle. We're called to go from glory to glory through the blessed life that comes through Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet right across the street. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.